It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. One-of-a-kind opinions, big-name guests, the teams you care about every, every, every day. It's the Ron Johnson Show, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. Welcome to the Ron Johnson Show, and I'm your host, Ron Johnson. On today's show, we're going to talk about, well, of course, the Twins. Uh, Brewers, Twins, we talked about, can this be a rivalry? Well, it didn't start off in the Twins' favor. We're also going to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. You'll find out why in the Daily Three. We're going to do a draft. I'm going to draft some players. Sam's going to draft some players. He was a better GM and a, who has a crystal ball in their house and can guess the future. But to start the show off, we have to. We have to talk about these running backs. Now, we, we saw the rankings of the running back rooms, and we talked about my guy, King Henry, being disrespected. Well, now ESPN has made some ranks for running backs. Who's number one? Who's number five? Who got snubbed? Who should be in that list? As I bring my producer, Sam Ekstrom, in, before we jump into this juicy conversation, this very tantalizing conversation about these running backs, because PFF has one thought, ESPN has another. I have my thoughts, and I know you have some as well, but before we do that, we're going to have a word from our sponsors. Thanks, Ron. We'll kick off the show telling you about betonline.net, your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. They've got all the Major League Baseball lines, the run lines, that you could imagine. Minnesota Twins taking on the Brewers this week. Go see who's favored between the two border rivals. BetOnline is your continued source for all sports wagering information. They've got eSports, MMA, boxing, and golf as well. The Open Championship coming up. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. So when you think about Derrick Henry, he's an absolute monster. Who needs a backup when he's going to get 90% of the carries most likely uh, when you look at how that team is built? Uh, when you think about Taylor, we I already said that, that he's in that top. I said the one I, I forgot was was the Browns because that was the one that kind of slipped my mind. But Chubb, Nick Chubb's a good a running back, a great running back. And then, of course, we got Dalvin Cook, the two-headed monster who can give you, you know, air yards and ground yards. Alvin Kamara, to me, as I think about the season, and I get it, like he he sliced and diced the Vikings uh, with the with the with the Christmas shoes on. But when you think about Alvin Kamara, I think he gets a little bit um, undervalued sometimes because when he had Ingram, he had a true one-two punch, and, and Ingram was able to uh, take the load off for him. He was able to eat up some of that, you know, the the, the tough yards, and then Kamara would just come in and kill you. Kamara is a good back. He's a balanced back. He can catch the ball. He's a receiver and a running back. Um, he He's what, to the Saints, what the Carolina Panthers hoped a healthy, um, uh, what's his name? I'm forgetting his name already. His dad, McCaffrey, could do. You know, they're, they're, uh, a healthy McCaffrey is what Kamara is. And when you look at Alvin Kamara, I, I think that list fits. You know, when you look at top to bottom, I think you can you can say any of those guys are two, three, four, or five. But King Henry right now for me, Derrick Henry is just a different monster. Now, Ryan Clark had a good take on that, though. And he said this. He said, running backs like that. He said, if you hit them early and you hit them before they get going, they're soft. 
Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but I know the Ravens tried to take it out of him, but he, he still found a way. But you do notice when, when he gets hit in the backfield sometimes uh, in a bunch, he can't get going. He needs to get going full speed downhill, and he loves to attack DBs. Now, defense alignment and linebackers, you don't see it as much. Whereas Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Taylor, and Chubb, they're making those linebackers and D linemen miss. Derrick Henry benefits from his offensive line. But but I, I like that. But I, again, I go with the execs. I, I don't care that he doesn't have a great backup. I'm going to put him ahead. If, if they want to do rooms, I would say you would do Browns, uh, then the Colts, then the Vikings, then the Saints, then the Titans, or the Titans, then the Saints. Like, I don't, I don't think the Packers – Packers do have a great one-two punch. But you, if you can't put one of their guys ahead of these guys, how can you put their backup and say those two are better than one of the top five and the backup? To me, that just doesn't mathematically add up. You know, if I have a one and I have a five and then I have a six and a seven, give me the one and the five or give me the one and the six even. You know, like you, you have to kind of figure out where that math is or a one and a ten. If you have a, a number one running back and then you have a running back ranked ten, but the other team has a six and a seven, give me the one and the ten. Like, that's still going to be better than the 6 and the 7, mathematically. And I'm saying 11 is better than 13. If you don't get it, figure it out. But that's just me. That's that's where I'm going to go with it. I, I do like the attack of the Packers, but I like that top five. I don't know. What do you think? I have a question for you in response. So I like, I like the yeah. top five. I think all those backs are deserving. I look at Henry. He's 28. He's taken a pounding in his career. He actually got hurt last year, missed eight games. Cook turns 27 in a couple weeks. Alvin Kamara turns 27 in a couple weeks. You hear people talk about 27 being the start of the cliff for running backs. So which of those three, Henry, Cook, Kamara, who are part of that 2017 draft class, who do you think has the, the most longevity in their career? Ooh, that's a tough one. That's, that is tough. Um, man, because they've all suffered injuries. That's the thing. Like, none of them have been completely healthy throughout their entire career. Um, selfishly, from a training standpoint, and somebody that, like, doesn't take unnecessary hits, I got to go with Alvin Kamara. Like, Alvin Kamara is slippery. Like, he, he likes to make guys miss. He steps out of bounds at the last minute. Like, he's not taking on some of these hits where we know Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry like to fight for every single yard. Um you know, Dalvin Cook has suffered a, a, a couple injuries. Um, so I, I got to go with Kamara. But I think it's I think it's a slim margin between them all of who's going to get on the TB12 uh, diet. Like, who's going to start working <laughs> with these TB12 vitamins and, you know, smoothie shakes and the avocado tequila? Like, it, it's about how you take care of your body. I think the off the field sometimes gets forgotten. And so that's what I want to see is, Who's going to have the best off the field life going forward? Like who's going to rest up? Who's going to eat right? Who's going to, you know, start to use some of that money like Tom Brady did and put it back into his body. I think somebody said Tom Brady was spending like a million dollars on like his off season stuff, you know, whether it's massages and, and food and different vitamins. I mean, sometimes if you make 40 mil, you might want to put a meal back into you to help get you another contract. And that's what Tom Brady did. I'm not saying a million has to be the number, but I'm just saying, I wonder who has the best off season, but I'm going to say um, Kamara cook and then Henry usually bigger backs because of just the wear and tear on their knees and their ankles. Um, it's more weight they're carrying. They tend to uh, fizzle out faster and he's a bruiser. So we know he's, he's, he's dealing with a lot of hits. 
Um, whereas and guys that want to hit him, whereas Cook guys kind of know they have to sit down and take angles. They can't just fly in and just smash Cook because he'll make you miss. Same with Alvin Kamara. Whereas Henry is like, this dude's not moving quick. I got to come fast, hard, and hit him now. And so I feel like he – and they go low. Like, that's the other thing, too. Guys go low on Henry all the time, whereas Cook and Kamara, you don't have guys trying to shoot their legs out because they're worried about getting run over. So I, I got to give that to those two, and then I'd put Henry last. Yeah, I think that uh, Dalvin Cook, often to his own detriment, has tried to to play through injury because he sees himself as a workhorse. And I think that this right. new coaching staff needs to protect him from himself. They can't let him go out and demand 30 carries when he's hurt because he has played banged up in the past. He has not played as well banged up. Um, he, he's not Superman. I mean, he wants to be. He's, he's valiant in his efforts. But it's hard to play hurt. And he's had those shoulder injuries, those upper body injuries. Last year was an ankle that bothered him for a while where he couldn't really cut. Um, I think they just got to ease off on the carries on Dalvin Cook and get this guy through his 20s still in good shape and not to the point where he's breaking down every season. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that as well. I think that's tough, though, for, for a guy that's been a workhorse and is a is a volume back at times. I think that's where Dalvin Cook is. He's a volume back. And so it's tough when, you know, 15 carries for him might not be enough. Whereas Alvin Kamara sometimes can get it done. I, th I remember him and Mark Ingram, I think they both like split like 15 or 16 carries in a game. Uh, this is way back when, because uh, they visited the Vikings and I asked the coach, I'm like, who's your guy? Is it is it is a kid from uh, Tennessee? Or is it this 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 Mark Ingram kid from Alabama? Um, and they they all kind of were like, hey man, this is we want we want to keep both on the field if we can. Well now Kamara's taking the blunt of that. So yeah, if you can if you can be 15 to 20 carries and still get 100 yards or 90 something yards plus you know 30 40 on the ground in the air, um, you know I, I think that's that's where it gets overlooked is 40 yards in the air is just like 40 yards on the ground. It just doesn't help you get the rushing title, but it moves the sticks. Up next though, that'll do it for the first segment. Up next, we're gonna do a little draft. Sam's going to draft. I'm going to draft. Sam will give you the question when we come back after this. Up next on the Ron Johnson Show, we are going to break down the Minnesota Vikings. And here's the question that Sam posed to me, my producer, Sam Ekstrom. He said, if we were to draft players, we're going to draft five. Who is going to be here in 2027? That's the draft. It's not drafting the best player. Is drafting who we think will be here in 2027. I don't know if we're going to do a coin toss or what. We'll see. Maybe guess a number. We'll see. But let's bring Sam in. <laughs> because before we jump into this draft, I mean, there's a lot of juicy guys. That are like, can Adam Thielen get five more years? I don't know. But before we do that, we have a word from our sponsors. Blue Nile is a phenomenal tool for anybody who's trying to make a moment special. Maybe it's an engagement, maybe it's an anniversary, maybe it's a birthday, maybe it's just an appreciative day in somebody's life. Uh, if you wanna get your significant other something extremely special that sparkles and is magnificent, check out BlueNile.com with their crafty online tool that's going to allow you to select the perfect shape, size, clarity, and setting style. Uh, their bench jewelers will handcraft her perfect engagement ring, if that's the occasion, or just for another happy occasion. Each ring is one of a kind. 
Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Locked On Sports listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive also includes engagement. Use code Locked On. That's code Locked On. Every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging. Shop stress-free. Find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. Well, Sam, as we jump into this draft segment, throw out the complete question so I understand the rules, and then tell me who goes first, who could blah, blah, let's go from there. All right. So here's how I envision it, Ron. I want you to, to build a foundation. I want you okay. to select five players that will – that when you draft them, you are guaranteeing that you have them in 2027. So there are obviously some some bad picks there because if you pick Patrick Peterson at age 37 to still be here, well, that might not be the best foundational piece. So you got to think talent, you got to think age, and you got to try to create a core, guys that you can build around five years from now. Um, how are we going to draft? I think we have to do a snake. So I'll give you the first pick, Ron, but then I get the next two. And then you get four and five, I get six and seven. Do you understand how the draft will work? Yeah, it sounds like it sounds like a setup. It sounds like a cheat cheating. <laughs> so it's giving you the so obvious wait, so, number so one I pick. Get, I get one, you get two and three, then I get four and five, you get six, seven, I get eight, mm -hmm. nine, and you get ten. Okay. All right. All right. Yep. Sounds like a sounds like a setup, but I'm I'm with it. Let's go. All right. So with the first pick in the Minnesota Ron Johnson show draft, I'm gonna take, of course, Justin Jefferson out of LSU. And that is the obviously correct pick by a mile. It's gotta be. Um, I think I'm gonna build my trenches with my first pick. I'm going to take, and I hope I'm not overlooking someone super obvious. Um, I'm gonna take Christian Darisaw. Big left tackle. That's the kind of guy that can can be around for 10 years, let alone five. So I'm going to go Derisaw with pick number two. And then with pick number three, um, I think I'm going to go with one of the young DBs this year. But which one do I want? I think I'll I'll go with Scene. Scene at number three. So I've got Derisaw and Scene. Ooh, okay, okay. Well, I got I to gotta get somebody to block. So I'm going to go with uh, Brian O'Neill, right tackle. I like that. I think in five years, I think he'll he can still definitely be in his prime. He'd be what, like thirty one, thirty two. I like that. All right, now you get a, now like you get that. the fifth pick. Oh, okay. So back to back. So let's see. So I got Justin Jefferson. I got Brian O'Neill. Let's look at my list. Let's see who do I want who's still up there. You got Lewis Seen. Ah, okay. This is a tough one. You know what? I'm gonna say the heir apparent. Side-by-side side guy. There's a dark horse one. I'm going to go Cam Bynum. Safety. Mm. The new Harrison Smith. Okay. That is interesting. And Harrison Smith probably not around in five years, so they're going to need another safety. I like that. All right. I've got a blocker. I've got a safety. I want one really good, like, skill player. I'm going to gamble on Irv Smith. I think if Irv Smith okay. goes off this year, gets that second contract, he's still super young. Um, I'm going to try to buy low on Irv Smith Jr. And I get okay. the next pick as well. So we've got a tight end. We've got a tackle. We've got a safety. On defense, hmm. Do I gamble on Dantzler or, or uh, Andrew Booth Jr.? I'm going to say because of the injury history with Booth, 
I'm going to take Dantzler in 2027. Mm. Okay. It might be kind of a gamble. Cameron, I'm, I'm going out on a limb. Cameron Dantzler. Okay, okay. Hmm. Let's see who five years from now uh, I'm going to go with Rashad Bateman. He is going to get traded to the no. <laughs> <laughs> Can't go Rashad. Uh, oh, this is a tough uh, one. Man, let's see. I got offense, defense. Uh, five years from now, man. You know what? I'm gonna take the chance on a young guy. He might be in his thirties. I'm gonna go Daniel Hunter. Like he'll still be, he'll still be young. Yeah, he'd be what 32, 33? something like that. Yeah, he could still have something left. I'm gonna in go Daniel. Thirty two. Yeah, I'm gonna go Daniel. I'm gonna go Daniel Hunter. Thirty two. I mean, I think he'll still be able to get okay. it done. And yeah, one more pick. I'm going to go with. Let's go with Andrew Booth Jr. I think he'll. I think he'll get it done. I think he'll be around. He'll be like uh, Trey Waynes, and uh, he'll be solid. I'll go to Andrew Booth Jr. I left him on the table for you to take. Um, so I get one more pick. I've got a tight end, a corner, a safety, a blocker. I don't really have anyone who can rush the passer, though. So that's difficult. Um, and I don't really love the pass rushing options of the last two drafts. Zadarius Smith's not going to be here. I don't know if Wanham is going to be here. I think I gotta, I gotta steer away from that. Man, this is a much harder exercise now that we're doing it than <laughs> I thought it would be. Can I take? I mean, I don't, I don't want to take a running back either because they just get hurt too much. How about Amir Smith Marset? I'm going to assume that Amir okay. Smith Marset becomes exquisite um, in the next couple of years. And I'm looking at these teams, Ron. Now that we've got our five each. I think the team with Justin Jefferson wins. I mean, that's, that's like the clear and obvious choice. I don't know if I can if I can match that. Yeah, that was a tough one. That, that is, you know, that's a tough that's a tough exercise though. That 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 is tough to do. You know, we should do tomorrow then, and and we'll we'll, we'll do that for the fans. I, I agree. I think my list is better. Well, um, for the simple <laughs> fact that Justin Jefferson, Brian O'Neill, I think Scene and Darisol though, I think that's two solid ones. Uh, Irv Smith, yeah. and this is the one that's perplexing for me, is this is his year because there's two options right now really for Kyle Rudolph, I think, in my opinion. Uh, I think the Buccaneers and then I think the Vikings. If you look at uh, the teams that he's talked to, um, you also have Ndamukong Sue, who was the Vikings and the Las Vegas Raiders, and the Raiders are kind of saying, I don't know, and the Browns, absolutely not. So if I'm a Dominican Sue and I'm like, I can get a million or two and maybe go win a Super Bowl with Zadaria Smith and Daniil Hunter, like, hey, I got a defense. And I got Eric Kendricks behind me. I got Lewis Seen back there with Harrison Smith. I got my boy Patrick Peterson. Like, Dominican Sue. So, but if you look at uh, Irv Smith, this is kind of his year. This is his do-it-or-prove-it year. I'd say that. Cam Dantzler, I do like that pick. I think Cam Dantzler, as he gets older, smarter, stronger, I think he can, be, because of his size, he can become a really good corner. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of the guy. I can't remember his name, but he had all those kids. Uh, what was the guy with all the kids? Camardi. Like he reminds me a little bit of Camardi. Like if he gets stronger and bigger, <laughs> yeah. he can be like a Camardi. Uh, cause Camardi was long. Like he had long arms. He was long, you know, long frame. And if, 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 if Cam can get with a good group of coaches, which he has now, you know, DB's coach, 
you know, he he's had a ton of NFL guys. You look at this defense in the three four, but Andrew Booth Jr. I think is going to be a solid first round pick or a, a solid pick that's going to continue to play. Cam Bynum I think will be the heir apparent to Harrison Smith, uh, kind of like an Anthony Harris trajectory. Like I think he's going to get better and better. Justin Jefferson we know is legit. That it's just the money. Can, can they afford to pay him $150, $160 million? Uh, Brian O'Neill as well. I think he's going to be a solid right tackle for years to come. Um, and then Daniel Hunter, it's health. Can he stay healthy? And what is his contract in two to three years? Is he willing? Because he, he already he already's talked about, like, we thought he was going to push the envelope now and ask for more money now. Um, so what does that look like in a couple years as well? Does he try to push the envelope? Or does he say, hey, I, I just want to be with a solid team like the Vikings? So that would be the question for him is going to be money. At 32, is he going to be worth another $40, $50 million contract? Or can they get him for something a little bit more affordable within the cap? But uh, between the two of us, though, I think it's good picks. But I, I do I definitely like mine. Um, this is the one thing I'll ask you, though. So if you were to kind of yeah. crystal ball this, because Kirk Cousins, I'm guessing a year or two, he's done. Do you think the Vikings – because neither of us picked a quarterback. So in five years, we don't think that quarterback's on this roster. Do you think it is going to be another veteran guy? Like, do you think they try to go out? And I'm not going to say Kyler Murray, because I don't think he's tall enough for this type of offense. But if you think about the Matthew Stafford type, like that's, and Kevin O'Connell is 6'5", you know, clearly he's going to, you know, kind of lean towards the taller quarterbacks. Um, We know Justin Herbert and some of these franchise guys are not going to be able to be moved. Is there a guy like like a Zach Wilson, for instance? Like, I don't know if he's going to get it done in with the Jets, you know, but can he have a Ryan Tannehill type of resurgence where Tannehill was kind of mm-hmm. written off and then went to the Titans, found a team, and now he's like, you know, the, the best thing since sliced bread as far as Titans go. Do you think there's a quarterback out there or do you think this is going to be in three or four years we're going to be talking about trying to draft, you know, the next kid out of Alabama because we have this, you know, fourth or fifth pick? Yeah, well, I just look at this ownership group, and they are obsessed with being competitive. They hate tanking um, to the point where they go and they get veterans. They go get Gus Farratt and Brett Favre and Donovan McNabbs. Um, and when they've selected the rookie quarterbacks, it hasn't gone as well. Um, Christian Ponder right. did not work out. Teddy Bridgewater probably would have worked out, but he got hurt, and, and they didn't win a playoff game um, with him as the starter. Um, I think that it's smart to go get a young quarterback and build around and have that cap space, but I could see the ownership pushing to try to get a a veteran on someone who's maybe flamed out a little bit but still has something left in the tank, Um, maybe like whoever the next Ryan Fitzpatrick is. Um, I know he's retired now, but whoever sort of embodies that. Um, I could see them them going after a veteran down the road once they need – because if they think their roster can win – they don't want a, a rookie quarterback messing that up. So then they would probably go after a stopgap, someone who could get them to the playoffs. Yeah, in a couple of years, who knows? It could be Baker Mayfield because uh, he's young. <laughs> you know, in five years, he'll be – I think he'll be right at 30 or something in five years, uh, give mm-hmm. or take, or I'm trying to figure out his age. But, you know, if you think about Baker Mayfield, that could be a guy in a couple of years. Like, that could be a guy that the, the Carolina Panthers it didn't work out for him. I don't think Sam Donald would be a guy. Like, I think he's going to be done. Uh, but could be a Baker Mayfield to Minnesota situation, just like you said, as a stopgap, as a guy, because that's what he is right now for the Panthers. He's going to be a stopgap until Matt Corral, I think, you know, uh, or Sam Howell, I forgot who they got, uh, is ready to go. And so that's that's where I think the next step goes when you when you think about this Vikings team and what they can have. 
But that'll do it for the draft. Let us know what you think about our draft picks. Like, I think I won. Sam said I won. But, hey, you guys have your own answers out there. Who do you think will be here in five years, and who would you pick if you were in the snake draft with us? Next up, though, we got the daily three. That's three questions, three minutes each. Stay tuned. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Up next is the part of the show that I love. That's the daily three. That's three questions, three minutes each. Take it away, Sam. Twins and Brewers played last night, Ron. Twins lose 6-3, to three, but that is not the story. The story is, how many rain delays would you sit through? There were three in last night's baseball game. One in the second, one in the fourth, another in the sixth that took forever. The game took five hours to play. Ron, would you have made it till the final pitch of that baseball game after three rain delays? No, absolutely not. Not, not a chance in, in, in cats and dogs raining heck. No, I'm not. I'm not, I would not have stayed. Um, we we actually had that this past weekend at my daughter's state championship uh, tournament. Uh, like I said, she ended up taking third in state. So good job to them. They were the best team in the state of Minnesota uh, because the two last teams, which I don't even, I, I never understand this, but they're from Wisconsin. So instead of them going to play in the Wisconsin state tournament, they want to play in Minnesota's. I mean, we know Packers want to be Vikings anyway, so we get it. Um, but if you think about the the rain delay we had two as well we had and ours was because of lightning and a lot of the parents were thinking the same thing because they were like we should just go back to the hotel and see what happens and leave the girls under the uh there was like an awning thing you can sit under and they had some stuff and then we it was a restaurant across the street now the difference is we're parents these are kids we have to sit through it was two rain delays we had to sit through them uh because we had to get these games out the way uh, so a day that was supposed to be done by, you know, three, four o'clock, we ended up not, you know, finishing our last game to probably 7 p.m. These are 10 and 11 year olds, uh, nine and 10 and 11 year olds. So for, for professional football or baseball players that I'm not related to, no, one rain delay might be too much for me where I might just be like, look, this doesn't seem like it's going to let up. You know, if I'm looking at the storm, I'm like, hey, I'll catch you guys next time. Uh, but definitely not. I'm not sitting through an hour rain delay. Like I have sat through a delay at the Twins before. I don't remember why. I think it was a little short rain delay. I went to a game uh, probably before COVID. It had to be. When when did Bill Guerin first get here? Do you remember? What year he was here? It was like 20 was years ago? Right around the pandemic. Yeah. So when yeah. Bill Guerin first got here, I went to a Twins game uh, when he went, when he first got here because I met him because my dad was a Steeler and so blah, blah. And you know, I know he was a penguin, and so somebody introduced me to him, and he and I were, were underneath an Alexis D 
still talking. And that's the only reason I stayed because you can go underneath and sit in that little Lexus suite or whatever, the box deal. But if I had to sit out somewhere or go into like the, 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 the you know, the, the, whatever it's called, the freaking opening where everybody just stands, the concession area, sorry, um, I would have left. But because we had to go inside, we had nice cushy chairs, I stayed. But no, an hour? No, there's no way. Yeah, the beer taps must have been empty, though, by the end of that night. Because apparently they had a huge crowd. They had tens of thousands of people from Wisconsin, Brewers fans. I'm sure they were drinking the beer during the rain delays. Five hours in the ballpark, 37,000 people. I bet the concessions made out handsomely. Twins lose 6-3. to three. Again, that was the final score. Uh, next question for you, Ron. This happened late in the day. The Wild traded Cam Talbot for Philippe Gustafson of the Senators. Is that right? Yes, the Ottawa Senators. He's a young goalie prospect, 24 years old. Now remember, Ron, this is basically all stemming from the playoffs where we talked about every day. Should they start Fleury? Mm -hmm. Should they start Talbot? Talbot was red hot, but yep. they went with Fleury instead. Talbot got upset. They re-signed Fleury. So Fleury's their guy now, and Talbot wanted out, and they obliged sending him to Ottawa. What do you make of the trade? I mean, that's what happens. Like when, when we, like I said, we talked about this a ton, and, and you bought down the play. And then I was actually on the radio talking with uh, Russo, um, Brandon Molesky, and I forgot who else was on there. I think Pat Micheletti. And I brought up your point that, you know, Talbot technically, statistically beat him. Uh, but they said, you know what, that margin of, of, of win wasn't big enough. Like if it was like a one goal to three goal type thing, hey, you go with the guy that's only given up one. But when you're talking about like three point, I think you said it was like 3.14 or something, or three point, you know, whatever, to 2.9. They were like, that's not a big enough gap to decide on who. And at that point as a coach, you have to go with your heart. And he went with his heart thinking like, you know, the, the older veteran guy, the guy that's been here before, that's won before. Um, I got to go with that guy um, just to see if I can get a spark and, and, and get something going and get somebody in, in between the pipes that's going to get it going. And so for Kim Talbot, you could see, you know, he was being a pro with some of his comments, um, the way he, you know, did the interviews. And then when he got his chance, finally, blah, blah, um, you know, but at the end of the day, he probably felt like, you know what? I got us here. I got us in this position. We did trade for Flurry late, but the fact that you put him over me, it's just it's just one of those things where it, it, I don't think it was going to matter what they offered him. I think even if they didn't sign Flurry, he probably was ready to go. Like he probably just had a sour taste in his mouth within the season. And if you know there's a team that wants his services, go get it. So now you have Flurry as your guy, and then you can kind of have a prospect behind him learning and practice and then all that stuff. Yeah, I'm looking at Gustafson. I'm trying to figure out what they actually got in this deal. It looks like he's he's got a little work to do. I mean, he's only played 27 games in his career. Uh, last year for Ottawa, played 16 games, and he had a 3.55 goals against average, which is not great. So he, he might be in a battle for that number two spot. Maybe he won't necessarily get it, but they do have Marc-Andre Fleury locked up. Um, and I think it's big, though, to have Flurry around because now you've got veteran goaltending who, who he's the clear number one now. There's no competition. There's not two veterans locking horns. There's no battle in the media. The coach isn't being questioned about it. Flurry is the clear number one guy. And I think it's, it's good sometimes to have someone designated as your number one. Yep, definitely. Yeah. Let's jump into number three once we hear the buzzer. Boom, there it is. We hit the nail on the head. Uh, third one, Ron, this might be of interest to you and the Steelers. They've changed 
the name of their field. After 20 years as Heinz Field, they are now Akershure Field. And this has upset a lot of people because it's always been Heinz Field. I mean, we, we got used to Big Ben playing at Heinz Field, uh, the big ketchup bottle, and now it's Akershire, which is apparently, well, let me quiz you, Ron. Do you know what Akershire is? I have no idea. <laughs> it's an insurance broker. Okay. <laughs> Must be a big one to be able to afford the naming rights. Yeah, yeah. Do you get worked up when stadiums change names like that, as most fans are here? We just dealt with that with TCF and Huntington Bank. I mean, even though TCF got bought out by Huntington Bank, so it was just the change was inevitable. Um, but no, Metrodome went to, to U.S. Bank. Like, it just happens. Like, I grew up with Three River Stadium. So when it became Heinz, I wasn't like, oh, my God, I love, you know, Heinz. No, I don't care. I don't even eat their ketchup all the time. Uh, I like it. But I'm not going to be mad when the name is now. I'm not going to go get insurance from AccuSure either. I uh, had no idea what that was, but clearly a big enough name to be able to upseat Heinz Ketchup. Like, Heinz Ketchup is rich. It's a lot of money in that company. So I don't know what AccuSure does, but they're doing it right. Um, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Ten years from now, we're going to be saying, you know, Vikings are going to play the Steelers at AccuSure Stadium. It's not going to matter. People just – and it's one of those names that doesn't roll off the tongue. You know, Heinz Field rolled off the tongue. I, I feel like if they had went with, like, uh, Dr. Pepper Stadium or 7-Up Stadium or something or, I don't know, Steelers, a blue-collar uh, town. So if they went with, like, you know, Steel Investor Stadium, something that sounded – AccuSure just doesn't sound good. It doesn't sound sexy, like, when you say it. Uh, but the Ravens, same thing. They became M&T Bank Stadium. Like, Everybody does it. They go with the money. Like, wherever the money is going to take you, they're going to go. TCF Bank, we loved it. Then it was Huntington Bank. People didn't like the, the color green in the logo because of the Packers, which has nothing to do with the Badgers. That was the dumbest argument I've ever heard in my life, that they were mad that the Huntington Bank had a green logo on the Gophers field, and so it reminded them of the Packers, which the Vikings are, not the Gophers. Now, if they had a red logo, I don't think we would have noticed it either. Like people just love to like be angry about something. And that Huntington Bank thing, it it that tweet died so fast. Like I think two or three people tweeted it. People were, you know, saying and it died. AccuSure is gonna die just like the rest of these arguments. And they're gonna get the stadium going in the next couple of years. Nobody's gonna think twice about it because all the fans are gonna be excited about who's the next quarterback for the Steelers. How are these receivers continue to be the top in the in the whatever in the draft? Boom. I don't care. It's a name. It's about money. Let's move on. <laughs> Yeah, that was a weird switch to Huntington Bank because in the Twin Cities, our, our stadiums never change. It's Target Center forever, Target Field forever, U.S. Bank Stadium forever, XL Energy Center forever, and, and those things are just locked in, it seems like. So, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's weird. It's weird when it happens, but it'll, it'll fade. Uh, not forever, though. Like, U.S. Bank just got it. It was Hubert Humphrey was the Metrodome. It was the, the well, it was a new stadium. It's a new stadium, though. They were definitely gonna they were gonna right. sell the name. But Hubert Humphrey probably stadium. wanted, like Hubert Humphrey probably wanted to be the the new, you know, stadium. Like, I, hey, you tear down the Metrodome. I would still like to be the Hubert Humphrey Bird's Nest because we've been killing so many birds with these windows. But you know, whatever you want to call it, the Hubert Humphrey like glass dome. Like, I know he wanted that, but hey, they moved on. They went to U.S. Bank. It was a better partner, and it, and they've done a great job of it. So hey, it's all about money. If you guys want luxury and you want all the stuff that comes with these stadiums, you got to go with the money.
But that'll do it for the Daily Three. That'll also do it for the Ron Johnson Show today. I'm Ron Johnson. That's Sam Ekstrom. We want to thank you guys for watching. This is the Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast Network. This is the Ron Johnson Show. Thank you for listening. Continue to download, share, comment, and please interact. We always interact. We love when you guys comment on the videos. I'm going to comment back, good or bad. You know, we cleaned up a couple things. When you guys point out something we said wrong, tell us. I don't care. I'm not perfect. But have a great day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.